Well, that was the famous Arnie thing for all his movies. He wasn't allowed to do the German or Austrian dubbing of his own thing because he has a farmer's accent. So they were like, no, you can't do it. He's not allowed to do any of his own dubbing because he's too country. That's amazing. So <laughs> yeah, Arnie's yeah, yeah. a bogger, essentially. That's, Arnie's that's a fucking great. bogger. Yes, he fucking is. Yeah. <laughs> and hello and welcome back to another episode of I Love That Ad. I am your host, Shane W. Brennan, joined as always by my co-host and beautiful colleague, Aaron Chalk. How are we? Thanks, Shane. Shane, I'm, I'm Yeah, well, I just felt like... It's, you know, it's nice to be nice, you know. Um, not that you don't deserve a compliment like beautiful. That's not what I'm saying. It's not. I'm not doing it like out of pity. I'm saying no. You are. You're a beautiful man. HR listening. Yeah, as if we've HR. Um, <laughs> anyone who just listens, you know, you're missing. You're missing a treat. You're missing a treat when you're not looking at this man. <laughs> how creepy can I make this? Um, uh, how are we? Oh, good. Oh, good. Excited. Um, it was great to have uh, George and Dave on the podcast recently, uh, George Tannenbaum and Dave Trott. Mm-hmm. It was uh, two, two, two goliaths of the industry joining us, so it was uh, really, really great to chat to them, and I hope hope everyone who was listening enjoyed their episodes. Yeah, definitely. They, they Both of them felt like uh, they should be behind paywalls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, they were really good, really insightful. You know what I mean? What's really nice when you you do this and you kind of you're sitting there. Like I think in that episode, I think it was in um, Dave's episode. I barely said a fucking word because I was just listening to what he was saying. <laughs> Sometimes you forget your t- participant. <laughs> it's really hard to uh, to take notes when when you're trying to record a podcast at the same time because yeah. everything he's saying was like a truth bomb and a yeah. massive. Uh, less than all in one so it was uh yeah. and same with same with george so it was uh, an yeah. absolute pleasure to have both them on and just just actually learn from them let alone have a have a have a great chat yeah so if you're listening to this one and you haven't listened to those ones go back and listen to them but also listen to every other every single episode pod, every yeah. single episode yeah, yeah, it's over 130 we made for you for free yeah so you know Can't the least you Netflix. could do Cancel your Disney yeah, Cancel Plus. your Netflix. Send us four ninety nine or whatever. Yeah. Do you know what? We'll take one ninety nine a month. <laughs> Just we'll as much as a ninety nine ice cream. If everyone can buy us a ninety nine mm-hmm. ice cream a month, we'd be happy with that. Yeah. Podcast pays for itself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, cool. So um, this week, as you can all tell, we do not have a guest. Um, we are going to do a little free gaff episode, and myself and Aaron are going to bring. Um, ads ourselves so i recently successfully completed the archive of all 135 episodes so now i actually know i had to go through everything um i know Aoife had done up to like 86 in season two and i completed it there the other week so it got me thinking of ads that we hadn't actually covered so um yeah i'm looking forward to this one now i'm looking forward to seeing what you brought I feel that we're 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 gonna delve into some classics from you the way you're the way you're teeing that up, Shane. Um, well, I don't know. It's one you'll either know or you won't know. Right, right, right. Know? So uh, I'll go with you first. Okay, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna kick the party off with a very recent campaign for a very recent uh, TV series that's uh, launched this week. So this this campaign is uh, the for the final season of Lupin on Netflix. 
so I don't know if, uh, if if people are a fan or not. If you haven't watched Lupin, it's based on books from the, the turn of the century, uh, late 19th century, 20th century, kind of like the Sherlock era. A bit uh, of me went, when you went turn of the century, I was like, 1999 <laughs> <laughs> you can't just say that now that no, doesn't good, mean one term. thing anymore the good yeah. <laughs> so it's 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 based on a, on a series where, where where lupin is a is a master uh thief um and there's kind of a, a range of books where he gets up to his different escapades around uh paris and france and mm-hmm. that's been a very successful netflix series uh brought into the modern age over the last number of years um but it's in its final season and its final season is launching uh launched last week uh 3rd of october Do you watch I, it? I watch it yes yeah. so i haven't watched the third season yet but i've been following the first two seasons question very, very enjoyable Do- do they subtitle it or do they do a shitty English dub? No, they subtitle it. So it's in French okay. and you're reading subtitles. Good. And uh, yeah, just hearing, hearing uh, French accents. Have you noticed actually the current, the current McDonald's ads running on Irish television are uh, all dubbed with Irish accents? No, I haven't. I haven't noticed yeah, that. Yeah, I have noticed that. It's, uh, it's Shane's it's, not happy it's, about that, McDonald's. Well, it's just, I don't like it when they do it in film. I don't like it when they, and it's done anywhere in life. Unless it's done like hilariously like old hong kong uh <laughs> you know martial arts movies uh, but a, um a bit of a, a yeah. tangent then uh, javier brandem has talked about this um on on a lit known podcast called conan o'brien needs a friend where he usually usually he's uh he's playing a, 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 a character who's speaking english and mm-hmm. He's 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 openly struggled with his English, but he's he's had to con- conquer for the amazing roles he's had. Uh, but the, he's been recently given. Um, he was asked when his films go to dubbing for uh, mm-hmm. the Spanish markets, uh, does he do his own voice for yeah. for Spanish? And he he um, he doesn't. And the reason he said he doesn't is because people, the actors, the voice actors in Spain and every other market that do. The George Clooney's in that market. Mm-hmm. That's that's the says the Germans, for example, the German George Clooney VO. The German audience know that, that VO voice. voice with George Clooney's face. Um, so it's it. Not only is it going to be kind of slightly off-putting uh, a little bit, but also you're taking someone's job. <laughs> that's, that's someone. Yeah, who's... but like he had the opportunity to from the beginning of his career to be his own voice. Do you understand me? So obviously, someone else took the Javier Bardem sound and now he's like ah, i don't want to he's it's like a stunt double he's like i don't want to put him out of pocket like, <laughs> not gonna mess with that not gonna mess yeah. with that but i i um i enjoyed that was the Lupin. famous Ar- 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 arnie thing for all his movies he wasn't allowed to do the german or austrian dubbing of his own thing because he has a farmer's accent did you ever hear oh, that no he's not allowed because his austrian accent is too strong so it's like they're they're like so they were like no you can't do it he's not allowed to do any of his own dubbing because he's too country. That's amazing. So <laughs> yeah, Arnie's yeah, a bogger yeah. essentially. That's, Arnie's that's a fucking bogger. Yes, he fucking is. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first. Um, but getting back to 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 Lupin, yeah, it's on it's on Netflix. Um, very enjoyable. Uh, I'd, I'd I'd recommend it. But the final season, um, I love how. Uh, so we bring bring up the we can bring up the ads here that we we can see mm-hmm. that they they really lean into the character and what it's all about is in like burgling master disguise all that kind of thing that the character is. Uh, so for what this they've done a spoof on a lot of high end luxury 
brands and they've done a range of out-of-home ads where they've actually stolen the jewellery away from the ads. Uh, so you could see that there's like farmer tans <laughs> where a yeah. nice watch would be or rings would be. And it's all done in the style of the luxury brands. So they kind of, they're taking off Rolex, Chanel, Hermes, Tiffany and Co. Yeah, it looks Cartier, great. Celine. Um, and I just, it's, it's one of those that once you see it, it it's perfect out of home because you get it straight away. Uh, you, you know, you know what's going on. Uh, and if you don't know what Lupin is, you know that there's something being stolen on, on the, the model's wrist or a finger or what have you. So it kind of builds that intrigue. But uh, being in, in season three, that you should probably probably get get what it is at this stage. Yeah, it's cool. It's I, I, I like the creativity behind it. A bit of me makes it look, when I look at it, when I glance at it, I'm like, is this like a skin damage ad? Do you know what I mean? There's a bit of me as like a sun cream ad. And then I'm like, and I, I knew what uh, Lupin was. So, and then seeing the Netflix logo makes yeah. you go, oh. Um, so you mightn't get it if you haven't been, if, you, if you're like, because a lot of people do refuse to read subtitles. Um, so mm. I think a lot of people kind of mightn't know it. But yeah, it's cool. It's really cool. I really like, like Netflix do some really interesting stuff like this. Um, yeah. And I... I think it's class yeah it's, it's super simple as well super um, simple that's what, that's what i love about it and it's 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 almost like a it feels like an activation even though it's just a a print execution or an out-of-home execution so mm-hmm. it instantaneously has scalability for for the brand and the campaign that that can go anywhere in almost any market as opposed to being having to be besides a museum or something like that that has yeah, something yeah. of high value that could be stolen so it's i kind of i kind of love that and in its simplicity i imagine particularly this is going to be i imagine the show viewership is much well maybe it's it's just got a huge french audience a huge belgian of you know mainland european audience where french is probably the first language um it's like having so the equivalent would be in English-speaking places, having this, but having like Sherlock, you yeah. know what I mean? It's it's Lupin is such a famous, iconic. Like they don't need any text on screen in France with this billboard. Yeah, it's part it's of their. It's so it's part of their you know culture. what I mean? Yeah. Whereas I think a lot of people who could be watching or listening mightn't have ever heard of it. So to them, they're like, "Oh, that makes me think about it two or three times. I don't get it." But his name is so synonymous. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That it's you just read the name, and you're like, oh, that's clever. So I think yeah, that's yeah. that's important, kind of, for the audience they're putting it in front of. Like, yeah, I no, don't think that'll be running in Dublin. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like for that yeah. reason. So it's I think it's important sometimes when we watch these stuff to remember where it's positioned. So like in France, where that is one of the biggest books, and it's completely iconic, and the name means something. That's you don't need any copy with it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really cool. That's a good point. That's a good point. And uh, the 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 marketing agency that that that's run that is called Jellyfish France who who did that campaign. Um and yes, it's final <clears> season <throat> so I say the the numbers will be uh, the numbers will be pretty high watching it because there has been it's been a while since season 2 dropped. It's, now, it's, it's been like over a two, year two years probably or something two or three years. Yeah, so it's uh, I say that there's a lot of anticipation around it. So yeah, best of cool. campaign, and that was a hat tip to Jellyfish France for that one. Fair play. Amazing. Okay, we'll go on to my one. My one, I want you to cast your mind back to the year 1985-1986. A young designer by the first name Tommy was trying to be up and coming. Tommy Bow. Tommy Bow. 
the famous designer on Ireland AM. Any international listener has no fucking clue what you just said. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so um, this ad got first got brought to my attention with the documentary Art and Copy. If anyone hasn't seen that and is listening to this podcast, go watch it. Um, I, I funny when I was reminiscing about this, I was like, "Geez, I need to watch that again." Um, so, uh, yeah, this is a billboard that was put in Times Square by the legendary um, art director and designer and author George Lois. Um, he did it for Tommy Hilfiger. Uh, so George Lois, if if you've not heard of him, um, he is he did like ninety two Esquire covers. Like he's he's in the um, he's like one of the few guys to like he's art director Hall of Fame advertising Hall of Fame one club like he's in the advertising age magazine top most a hundred influential advertising practitioners in twentieth century he is just an unbelievable art director and he is hilarious if you watch the art and copy documentary he is he was when I saw him I was like that's who that's the way he goes on. Is that's what advertising should be. And anyway, in the documentary, he talks about this billboard. So Tommy Hilfiger and partners were looking to launch the brand properly. And um, they were uh, trying to figure out what they were going to do. So they ended up going to George Lois, who George Lois, by the way, was in uh, DDMB. And then he went away um, and recruited or became part of PKL, which was the first advertising agency ever to go public. Um, so he's kind of like, he was iconic. You know what I mean? Everyone knew who he was. So they brought George in to help Tommy. And George is a very abrasive character. Um, Tommy said he was a little bit afraid of him. <laughs> and um, so like originally what he wanted to do was have like Calvin Klein's name on the billboard and have a big X through it. And then have Tommy Phil, Tommy Phil Hilfiger under, and Tommy was like, "No, we're not doing that. What are you talking about? That's insane." <laughs> Start a war and then, with all the designers in the industry. Yeah, um, and Tommy then was like, "Oh no, I want to do something like models from Rhode Island on the beach with the ocean." And George was like, "No, you, that'll take you twenty five years to build a brand that way. You're not doing that." And then what? Apparently, what George did was the classic thing, which has happened a lot. I think I've seen happen. He went and got fashion designers ads, removed all the logos and asked Tommy to pick which brand was from each. And he couldn't. And he was like, see. So then George went ahead and put a billboard on Times Square because they had fuck all money. So they just got a billboard on Times Square. That's what they started with. And I'll bring it up now um, if you want to have a look at it. So it says uh, for anyone listening, I'll read it out to you. So this it's it's kind of the amount of information. This just is gossip. It's I love this older school like they hit you with a headline. It's almost like, yeah, a paper. They hit you with a headline to pull you in and then there's the fine print gives you more information. So the, the headline is the the four great American designers. And it's done in like the terms of hangman. So it says or dash 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 L dash 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 for Ralph Lauren. Um, and then it goes on P E. CK Calvin Klein and then the fourth one is who is the PE one again um who is the PE one anyway and the fourth one is Perry Ellis, Perry Ellis that's it uh T dash 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 H 
dash 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 dash, dash, dash um, for Tommy Hilfiger. And it says, this is the logo for the least known of the four. And there's the Tommy Hilfiger kind of play on the American flag um, logo. And then under that, in fine print, it says, I'm going to have to zoom in for this now. Um, in most households, the first three names are household words. Get ready to add another. His first name, hint in brackets, is Tommy. His second name is not so easy, but in a few short months, everyone in America will know there's a new look in town and a new name at the top. Tommy's clothes are easygoing without being too casual, classic without being predictable. He calls them classics with a twist. The other three designers call them the competition. And that's the ad. Now, in the documentary, apparently Tommy was furious that this went out because really? essentially because you, you essentially put it in the fashion capital of the of the world at the time and you called out that as a designer he was like I'm as good as these people and just to uh, just a clarification the with the bit you read out there I believe that's the print ad that's this, in the print ad the sorry. billboard doesn't have that still copy. No. It, just, it still has the same dash 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 it has the dash this dash is the, this is the logo of and that's what's added in the print follow-up. Yeah. But um, so this is what like that was what was on fucking Times Square and Tommy Hilfiger. So George said Tommy called him furious <laughs> that he did this. Now Tommy kind of says, "Oh yeah, I, he did say I was super embarrassed that I agreed to do this. Had my head in my hands. Was thinking about leaving the industry because everyone was going to think I was so arrogant." Um, but like George's thing was at the time, Tommy Hilfiger was thinking of changes his name to Tommy Hill. Because the name, his second name was too difficult for people. So, like, that's what George was like, no, 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 no. Your second name is like, that's what we need. <laughs> um, so it's funny, like, and that that essentially launched, that ad campaign launched Tommy Hilfiger. It's amazing. Um, George Lois was proven right. He then got to do more ads along this line once it essentially helped sales. He did another magazine spread that was... Um, essentially listing all the American designers before him. It was three pages. Three and at the end page, of the double second... page spreads. Three double page spreads. Even yeah. more and at the end of the um second one it says, and now Tommy Hilfiger. And then the third one was a picture of Tommy Hilfiger talking about. So it was like it was him. George was like, I'm gonna put him up there with these great American designers. And then the brand is instantly connected to Calvin Klein. You know what I mean? It's instantly connected with Ralph Lauren. But then from a designer or an artist's point of view, Tommy was like, you can't do that. You need the art to stand on on its own two feet. But George was like, no, we're not waiting 25 years. <laughs> but yeah, I just always remember, I remembered this ad from the documentary. I remember George talking about it. I love the idea that his client was pissed off at him, but he was right. <laughs> that always to me went, there was like an artist, it was funny, it was two artistic people coming to a head from different um, trains of thought. So like, and to see George be like, no, 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 this, this is what you fucking do. Stop fucking around here and just doing it. And being like, don't worry, don't worry. And I just loved that. Like that has stuck with me every day since I saw that documentary. And I just loved the idea of it. Do you know what's kind of co- you know what's kinda cool about that is, uh, is the old school, and I suppose this where we're, where media is more expensive in America, that they knew what media 
they were going on just because they could only afford one. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. that dictated, all right, your idea has to fit within this box. Mm-hmm. And that there's there's beauty in that constraint, you know, uh, and that's obviously but also to play with. I think a lot of these older school art directors, this is like the world they played in was at mm-hmm. home and print. They didn't never think of anything else. Do you know what I mean? So like their brain was instantly wired to like have tried and tested loads of different things in that format. So they weren't as, I don't want to say overawed by loads of different media, but they were like out of home. That's the fucker. You want eyeballs? Get out of home. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's just such a cool lad. He's such a cool guy. Um, sadly passed away in November last year, 91 years old. But um, wow. I once again, I would recommend to anyone that um, to watch the documentary Absolutely. art and copy if you haven't seen it um i'm sure most people have but if you haven't please go watch it you know it's just an a crazy okay. interesting insight into the kind of development of advertising in general um and yeah so uh that's it they're the two ads we both came out with uh, uh design bit out of home bit of print both bit out of home both kind of ran print as well tasty bit so, out of home tasty bit of out at home that's a really short and sweet um free gaff episode for everyone there um if you are listening to the podcast and you want to see those i recommend you do see them either google them or maybe go to uh workwithfo.ie forward slash podcast and you'll be able to see them on the actual um the actual video and then if you are listening to this please like and subscribe do all that nice things and until next time 